This is here in the States, a holiday week. It is Thanksgiving. You guys listen to this on Wednesday. It is what they call it here in the United States, like the biggest bar night of the year. Yeah, it's the biggest bar night of the year is today. If you're listening to it on a Wednesday, but Thursday is Thanksgiving. No matter how you may feel about how Thanksgiving actually came to be, it is the day to pig out on some incredible food. Eshine, give me your perfect Thanksgiving dinner and dessert. You know, I'm going I'm to uh, ask you guys a question. Sorry to pause yours for a second. Turkey. Are y'all still down for turkey? Because I'm, I'm a big ex on turkey. I don't want it in my house this, this year. See, it's, it's got to be cooked right. Like I've had, I've had more bad turkeys than good turkeys. Like religion yes. makes an incredible turkey. Like it's Katrina makes a good juicy. one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically though, like we when I was a kid, I've never had, I've never had a good turkey. They were always dry. Oh, man. They were nasty. So like I didn't get it until I got older. I was like, oh, this is how it's supposed to taste. So I am, I am high. I am big on turkey. Now we only do turkey either like on Thanksgiving and Christmas or just Thanksgiving. So I only get it like once a year, but uh, yeah, two thumbs up on a a, a well cooked turkey in November. What say you, Rodiji? I don't eat turkey. I don't eat that swine. I'm joking. Remember, yeah, remember. I I'm seafood. getting. I'm gonna hype right seafood now. Seafood is. Implant. I'm pescatarian. Okay. Or our no, good, our our good friend Brandy calls it Presbyterian. I'm like, ma'am, I'm not. I'm not Presbyterian. Pescatarian. She's like, oh. Okay. Hey, you know, I get it mixed up too, because you know, I don't eat um, red meat and pork, but I'll eat, you know, turkey, chicken, fish. What is that called? Fake woke. Fake woke. Okay. Or half woke. Half woke. <laughs> half woke. That's all that half is. woke. But look, like, like, so, like, my wife makes an amazing turkey as well, juicy. On that day. But now you go to reheat it the next day, you put it in the microwave, now that boy dry again, right? And now you got a refrigerator full of this nasty bird you can't reheat, can't do nothing with. You know what I'm saying? And then after like the third day, man, I feel like I done turned into a turkey, man. Like this turkey is just needs to go. Well, because you got to keep the juices. You got you got to keep the juices so you can have that in there. So then, all right, so how long do you go eating the, the Thanksgiving leftovers? Or is it is it a wrap come Saturday, or are you are you you creeping into that next week? Are you creeping into the first week of December? Okay, so for me, I want to keep eating it until bacteria start growing on it. <laughs> but my favorite Thanksgiving dinner at this point in my life is usually just sides. Um, last year, I ended up having some fake ham, some fake turkey. They both were pretty trash. So I have mac and cheese, and I'm lactose intolerant, but it's worth it. And cranberry sauce and some crescent rolls, and then dessert. Hey, you can't go wrong with apple pie. You also did uh lobster, mashed potatoes. lobster mashed potatoes. I did. Yep, last year yeah, I did. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Yo, hey, look that. I was making sure I can't nobody hear me. I saw I you looking. That I threw half that turkey away last year, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I took it. I took it to work. And they, like, I was, I was throwing that shit away. So do you? To, is there a turkey go. in the refrigerator right now? Oh, so she asked. She's like, "Hey," I was like, "Hey, I'm going to the store because she had to work today." So I was, I was out with the parents. We're doing shopping, trying to keep them entertained. So I was like, "Hey, give me a list, right?" So that way you don't have to go out. You know, Thanksgiving Eve. So she had turkeys, one of the items, right? I got everything on that list for turkey. <laughs> I got, I got, 
I got three Cornish hens. I got some chicken. Mm. <laughs> hey, but it's I had baby. We waited too long. They sold out. They sold out. Hey, but you know, my, uh, one of my favorite dishes. Actually, I, I'm with Rhodesia. Actually, I, at this point, I prefer more of the the side dishes. And um, my wife makes a great dressing. Her great her dressing is off the hook. And so I get that dressing, and then put top it off with some cranberry sauce. Son, gotta have a cranberry sauce. Yeah, oh give God. me my honey ham. Give me some turkey. Give me cranberry sauce. You gotta have macaroni and cheese. You gotta have either some type of like rolls or biscuits to go with it. Also, um, I could I could just live in that. But then hey, you gotta throw in like a vegetable so you can give me greens or whatever that looks like for that day. And then for dessert, um, pumpkin pie is a good one too. I love apple pie. I have like the biggest sweet tooth. I probably should be if I acted on. My sweet tooth, I would be 452 pounds. Mm. And it's just by the will and the grace of God that I'm able to suppress my sweet tooth and work out because I should be like super, I should be huge. I should be humongous and I'm, and I'm not. So like for dessert, chocolate cake, anything, give, give it to me. I want it all. I want it all. And Radija said she's got like three or four desserts for us this year. And I'm Two rolling. surprises. I'm rolling the leftovers until there's none left mm-hmm. I, i've i've eaten thanksgiving leftovers probably and this is to like to be completely honest i probably have pushed it to like that next friday before they gone yeah. by then yeah except for that that turkey is going <laughs> there, there's day. your work there's your yeah. work <laughs> yeah, that turkey's going before then a couple things matt it's not pumpkin pie that you like so before you get your car oh, taken oh, away right, from you. Right, right. Hey, this ain't pie. hey, this ain't that it's freaking cake. This, ain't, this ain't the only pumpkin. page. This ain't that only page. I just want to make sure pumpkin. y'all keeping it. All right, right. Pumpkin cake. All right, I just want to make sure. <laughs> Stop. Anyway, sure. see, like why, I ain't yes. even going there right now. I do like All right. That. And then sure the turkey, the turkey gotta be the key to a good turkey. Gotta be a fresh turkey, and it has to be small in size. So if you can get you a ten pound fresh turkey. That's the best is when you get into the 16 and the 20 pound dogs and they're frozen. That's yeah. you're already behind the eight ball at that point. So no I usually spend double the price for the fresh turkeys than the frozen turkey. No bueno on that. So hopefully you guys all that are listening to this, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, be safe out there all weekend, all week and get back to us on Sundays. We're going to have a hell of a show for you on Sunday. We got Survivor Series breakdown. I'm still crossing fingers about CM Punk. We'll talk about Survivor Series preview later on in the show. But before we get to that, we got to get to this show, episode 85 of That's Freaking Wrestling. At this point, if you do not know who we are, hey, we just took seven minutes of your life talking about food. But <laughs> I am Matt, Ishan, Rhodesia, three to Harway, as always, every single week, twice a week. I guess let's start with, uh... so here in Chicago, this is a major wrestling week, holiday week. We have Dynamite tonight at Rentrust Arena. We have SmackDown on Friday, which they've opened up even more seats. Now, like, damn near almost every available seat is open. That's crazy. For Allstate on Friday and Saturday, which is huge. So I know they're going to eclipse WrestleMania's attendance in that arena. They'll probably announce it at, like, 20,000. Uh, they'll probably have about 18 down there. So that's by far the most I've ever seen in that arena. But we've got Survivor Series on Saturday. so. I want to ask you guys, what is your 
biggest or best Chicago wrestling memory being live in person for a wrestling event in Chicago? I know I have probably a gazillion. I have a couple that stands out. One was my elevator incident with Teddy Long, but my most favorite one probably is, it, I believe it was Christmas time, like the holiday shows. It was definitely a main event, WWE main event show. And Bianca Belair had fell onto the floor on the barricade. And we were front row at this show. And I was able to find this like peep hole, like in the separator between the barricade. And I was able to see her and I kind of went down and said, hey, I love you, Bianca. And sure enough, she said, I love you too. So that just completely made my day. Shortly later, I ended up spilling my red wine on the actual mat. I just knew I was going to get kicked out. Um, but they didn't. I think it was because of the holidays. That's a good one. E, what about you? Uh, Chicago. I'm not from there. Would you? Would you I don't know. Yeah, all I mean, in. Hey, I, 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 I can, I can numerous make numerous AEW shows here. Um, yeah, you know. Um, hey, you know what though? We went to what was it? All in or all mm. out? Both. I get them mixed Both. up. Both. Both. We, what was yeah. the last one we went to? All out. All out. I was all out. Yep. I had a great moment. Shout out to my man Matt for setting this up for me. Dave LaGreca, one of my favorite um, what was person, wrestling personalities. Personalities, yeah. Right, I didn't, so for some, somehow, I didn't know he was going to be there. Because had I known the Busted Open crew was going to be there along with Gabby, I've wanted to meet Gabby for a long time. I definitely would have found the opportunity to meet them. But I'm standing in line. We're at the All Out Fan Access. I'm standing in line to meet and Andrade. And find out Andrade didn't want to sign EWW action figures. I'm like, damn. You know what I'm saying? He ain't going to sign no action figure for you, boy. I'm just standing in line. And all of a sudden, Matt rolls up with me with Dave LaGreca. And these guys are like side by side. You would think these dudes knew each other forever. And this is the second time that Matt has interacted with Dave. I remember the first time. Uh, this was at the first All In, all right? All In. It was just All, all In. in yeah. Before it was AEW. Yep. You know, Busted Open was doing the show. Matt was like, E, you got to take a, you got to listen to it. And honestly, I didn't really want to listen to it. It was so much going on. Rodisha, I think you came later on, but it was so much going on <laughs> with the, uh, with StarCast. I'm like, I don't really want to listen to this show. It's going to take some time. But it actually was a really good show. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the show on the podcast. And Matt was sitting talking to Dave LaGreca. And all of a sudden, Dave was like, just pat my shoulder, like, hey, man, let's go, let's go sit down and talk. So Dave is sitting, and Matt and David is sitting, talking like they've known each other forever. Fast forward back to uh, to All In or All Out in Chicago. They're at it again, and I guess Matt told Dave that you know um, I he introduced me to him at um, All In uh, years ago. I had never listened to the show. Now I'm a page subscriber, so I guess Dave was like, "Hey, let's go talk to him." So yeah. Dave LeGrecker came from all the way from where he was to come talk to me in line. I'm starstruck. My mouth is open. I have no words <laughs> for this man. I'm wearing a mask. I don't know if he knew that my mouth was wide open, but it was literally wide open. Like, and then Dave's trying to cut a promo on me about standing in line with Andrade. And I'm, I'm kind of marking out too. Like, oh, Dave McGregor's cutting a promo on me right now. Like, I didn't know what to do. So that honestly was like a really great moment. So shouts out to Matt for, I don't know how he, how he got Dave to come over to want to talk to me of all people. Right, but in line, but that was a, a great moment. I actually went home that weekend. I, I actually wanted to. I'm like, you know, I can get on the plane back to Stinky Georgia and be happy. <laughs> forget forget the the event, forget the seats I got. I, I was happy in that moment. So that was a great event for me. Yeah, and that was a that was a great time too. 
I think mine's was probably the first, probably the first real AEW show here was probably my, because All In is something I'll never forget, but that was at the time what it was, it was just an uh, indie show, a major right. indie show. But then when it became AEW and it's like, hey, this is where it all started for it to be like, yo, this is a legit alternative to WWE and to be in the crowd for that was incredible. I haven't been to, we haven't been to a ton of WWE shows here because we moved here in 2019. So we were here for Survivor Series. Uh, we've been to TV. You know, we were here for last year's SmackDown. Uh, that was last time I saw Bray live. That was actually December like 16th, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was, a, it was AEW. So I am hoping, I am crossing my fingers. I am still holding out hope for Punk on Saturday. I know they're saying that it ain't, there has not been talks and all that kind of stuff. But if that happens, that will be probably outside of any manias I've gone to. Um, the moment of like experiencing wrestling live somewhere is to see him come back home, quote unquote, in Chicago to WWE unannounced. That would just be incredible. What, so I'm what still would he be doing there? What, what would he be doing there? That would make sense. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that video of Nakamura. So he cut a, like a dot com exclusive promo after Raw and he's still on the same. Wow. You're getting close. Um, all this kind of stuff. I don't know who else he could be talking about. Right. You know, like, and even, even doing punk would be like, all right, that's kind of far fetched. Like why is Nakamura wanting punk, even though he did do the D GTS like a month ago. So even that's kind of like, all right, you, you've kind of forced in the narrative a little bit, but I still want what I said before. I still want Seth Rollins and CM Punk. And if you can take your time to get there to mania, that is easily a night one mania pay-per-view or main event that can like if it what they weren't sold out they, they could sell out a stadium with that match so we'll see but i am holding out hope i did think too it was interesting um i guess leads us kind of right into the randy orton announcement from raw did you guys think it was interesting that cody never said his name i actually thought it was incredibly clever I loved how I thought we got the best of both possibilities. We got to know ahead of time that, or to assume that is Randy coming back and we were able to save his pop for actual survivor series versus putting it on the go home show. So I actually was, I liked it a lot. No, I, I actually saw, thought the same. And by the way, I'm having like a little margarita and it says like hey. pineapple juice, straight pineapple. You know, like the pineapple, like dull pineapple juice. Yeah. That's what, that's like what in the can. Like. Yeah. Like in the can. That's just like, mm -hmm. it's sweet, but it's sneaking up on you. It ain't just sneaking up. It's clubbing me over the head right now. Um, All right. So let's, let's time stamp. He's it. getting we, started. We're about, yeah, yeah we about go. 15 minutes into it. Let's see where we are in 30 let's minutes. Go. I, didn't, I didn't think it would be this quick, but um, I thought it was really clever, though. I'm like, oh, it's like they're saving. They're like, they're saving. This, this is the details on this show. Like, right? Like, they, they don't even want you to, they don't even say his name yet. Like they want you the first time you hear his name is when he walks out to his music on his big return at a pillow. Like, wow. Like, mm -hmm. right. Like I think that's mm -hmm. uh, Vince wasn't even doing that type of shit. That's like, that's like some next level stuff from that team. And we're going to get into the actual show in a few moments, but I actually kind of like that. Yeah. I thought, so I watched it on delay. I didn't watch it at all on Monday because I was watching the football game, which, 
they did 29 million viewers. But that game that, was crazy. That Monday Night Football game. It's like the highest amount of viewers in like 26 years or something like that. Wow. But um, so I stayed off of social media. I didn't, you know, we talked about Orton weeks ago. We knew he would be at war games, but I'm like, okay, I want to know if they're going to show him at all and how they announce it. And they, they waited. They waited to like two hours and 59 minutes and 32 seconds. And then when Cody went through the whole thing of legacy Viper voices and he never said his name, I was like, okay, like, are, are they not even going to promote Orton? Then I go on social media and then I see they, you know, they put the graphic up with, and they said breaking Randy Orton. Oh, okay. Games. So it looks like I me. Mean, hey, he's locked in. And to your point about details, E, Raw was full of it. Raw was full of attention to detail from Jay's reaction to it being Orton. You mean, yeah, well, how he was looking at him sideways and then he, because yep. he still had the chair in his hand too. Yep, I peeped that. And if you guys don't remember, last time we saw Randy Orton, he just got jumped by the bloodline. So the bloodline took him out for over a year. Oh, I forgot about that. Beautiful thread of attention to detail, right? Paying off us as fans for watching all this time. Even Drew's promo at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. he is still talking about Clash of the Castle. That show happened 14 months ago. But I still, show, talk, I still talk about that. the clash at the castle. I and even you said, yeah. And so I should. thought that was perfect. I thought that was, I thought that was perfect. Thought it was perfect. So, all right. You, you just said it, E. Nothing he said, everything he said was 100% factual. Mm-hmm. He right? being like, true. There was no, yeah, there was nothing hillish about what he said. Everything he said was correct. And what I thought was, I'm like, okay, well, he, he's spitting, like, he's spitting around. Like, I, lo- I love this promo. Love it. But then he kept going, and I was like, okay, well, he's starting to get sympathy from me. Mm. Because I'm like, no, he's <laughs> right. He shouldn't yeah. just let it go. And then Cole on commentary was like, let it go, Drew. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting, because why would he let it go? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he's gotten another opportunity, and he lost clean. I guess he, you know, he lost to Seth. So maybe, maybe that's the reason why, but I, even I thought that like that was genius. You know, you wait till turn him heel to get with Judgment Day because I can get my hands on Jay in a cage. I'm still not over what you did to me and your family did to me last year. I thought that was pretty pretty fantastic. That's perfect villain talk, man. Villains always use most of the time. There, there's some truth in their message, right? But it's about the approach and the delivery and what they go about it. So I think it's perfect that he's setting it up right because he's like man like yeah my family was there your family what about my family mm-hmm. right like right oh well, hey y'all bet your family's watching when seth whooped your ass last month so but it, <laughs> it, it all it all ties together it all ties together man right. it was really great nuances on that show it was hey, about- to internal right because internal had predicted all this like right a couple episodes we yeah. talked about it yep so we got the yep. exact lay- layout of this match it's good stuff yeah, we talk about sure. the details on it too with Judgment Day, and this was the first time I heard Rhea mention that Damien was the leader of the War Games. Did y'all peep that? Oh yeah, twice. Not of the group. She said of War Games, and even well, he even said it. Yeah, I don't remember him saying of War Games. Yep. I thought he just said the leader. He Mm-mm. said I'm the leader. Yeah, yeah, I think he said I'm the leader. I think no, he, he like, meant, no, I said, yeah, she said, I am the leader. I think he just said the leader, and then he she said, the yeah, the leader of the War Games. Yeah. 
She kept correcting. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so like, are y'all saying are, are y'all saying we getting priest and uh, Rio 101 at the Rumble? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that would be a hell of a match. <laughs> but that, hey man, if they was an AEW, we would be close to that. They, that's something yeah. AEW should do though. They they did that one trial run match with uh, who was I think it was Omega and Riho, I think. Yes. Yep. Like. I if you you can get away with bleeding in somebody's mouth, I think we can get away with doing some mixed tag. Impact does it, and their men and women interact all the time in their matches, and everything is kind of good. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. Like it's on usually on the PLEs though, or pay per views where you mm-hmm. see the women, uh, not necessarily on their network TV. I bet it's probably more of a network thing. Mm, could Maybe. be, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which is which is interesting, right? Because you think about it, even from a fan perspective, I don't know how many fans are ready for intergender matches but you know we watch superhero movies all the time and one woman is she ain't just whooping on like uh women you know what i'm saying it's men trying to get at it all the time too so it's interesting that there's this divide with men and women but at the same time though there's a difference between you know superheroes like right and then real life like riho she can't she can barely go toe-toe with half the women's roster let alone get in the ring right. with like a Brian Cage. Come on, man. Like, we, <laughs> like it's some of that stuff, man. We got to suspend our disbelief a lot, man. But we can't, like, there's a time and place for some of that. But there's such a discrepancy in the weight and size of the men and women and even the power that it wouldn't be believable if he did it on a consistent basis. But with the right matches, you know, I definitely think Charlotte could wrestle with some of the men, right? Charlotte, oh, sure. Rhea, B- Bianca. Mm. Raquel, Nia. Nia. I mean, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women, and we're gonna talk about Nia Jax a little bit before we get off of Let's Orton. Talk about okay. Um, so Orton, what are you guys expecting from him? Let's just talk from a story perspective. Does he turn on Cody like Saturday already off top? And we and that's the story until Cody gets ready for Rumble and Mania. Do we get Orton J first? What do you guys think? If you guys had to book, if you guys were booking, what would you have Orton do on Saturday? Orton's going to end the night as a heel. Now, what way he goes, I guess they can, they get to pay the big bucks for that. But Orton is a natural heel. I will always ever know Orton as a heel. He's going to end the night as a heel. You know, I predicted like Randy will cost the team the win. But we got about how many? How many months we have from now to Mania? Six months. Uh, about five. Um, yeah, about because four. five months. Yeah, well, yeah, because Rumble is a month and a half. So if we're, if we're gonna have a mini few with Cody against somebody until Roman, now would be kind of time to do it. Mm-hmm. So now would mm-hmm. be a good time for Orton to you know get that big pop and that fan. You know, that big pop he's going to get for being, you know, coming back, get out of the way in the beginning of that match, right? And then turn on Cody and then do the, the little mini feud so Cody can then at some point in the near future turn all his attention to hopefully Roman at Mania. I do think that, um, I think this is going to be, and Cody used the word legacy on Raw Monday. I do think this is going to be a legacy run for Orton. I think this should stamp him as one of the all-time greats. This run that he's going to be on here. Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like under Triple H creative. Mm. And then I also think we're going to be able to go back and look. They've set a lot of precedents in WWE 
and we'll figure out in a couple years, good or bad. They've set a precedent for the universal title of their champion not even being on TV for months at a time. How do you how do you uh, follow up on that going forward? Say if somebody, God forbid, gets hurt and they're out six months. They should be able to keep the belt. Because <laughs> Roman's had three matches this year where he's defending the title, right? And then I think the other thing, too, is like we're going to look back at like, damn, Cody had one few of all of 2024 or 2023 outside of Roman. And that was Brock. He's really been in like the hardest holding pattern. I'm going to say for Orton, because that's the only thing that makes sense before he gets back to the top of the mountain against Roman at Mania and for that season. I mean, like, that is that has to be, and some people, I think, hated it. I didn't mind it at all because I, I enjoyed the Brock uh, feud for what it was because we knew what that was about. And then, you know, yeah, I got tired of seeing Cody against the Judgment Day, that piece. But, you know, they threw Dom at him for a couple months. He won the tag champions with Jay out of nowhere, kind of just, all right, have him do something, and they lost it. It's just, I mean, it's kind of fascinating to see that your biggest face outside of LA Knight and outside of Jay Uso and Seth Rollins didn't really have a feud in 2024 after Brock, or 20, I keep saying 24, 23 after Brock Lesnar. So just kind of interesting. Um, y'all want to get into Monday Night Raw? Let's go. Where we want to start at? We talked about already the opening with Drew, um, his passionate speech about, no, I ain't down with Judgment Day. I'm just rocking war games with them. And, and what did he say? He said Rhea gave him something that he wanted to be locked in the cage with Jey Uso, which is interesting because they end up having a match at the end of the night. But again, that didn't happen yet. That wasn't foretold at that moment. But I thought that was a good explanation. As much as I like the promo, I do have a flaw with the promo. Is he still... So we walked away last week on Raw like, okay, he's a heel. We don't know if he's with Judgment Day, but we know he's a heel. I would argue and say, is he a heel after that promo? Because he said, I'm not down with Judgment Day. I'm not in, I'm not in Judgment Day. I'm only with them because I can get Jay in the... So like him, lead, him even leading with that, is like, so what are you? Are you a hill? Is, is he this just he, a phase you're going through to get to Jay? And then after that, like he said, he's in the same Drew for the last 16 years. That's what I'm or saying. How many every years he said. So if, if Drew been a face most of the time, then he's a face right now. That's mm-hmm. interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because if he is going to be a hill, then we, I may look back at this promo as much as I loved it and say it was a miss. I think it's just uh, the start of a of a new character. You know, a lot of times within story, they don't play all the cards right in the beginning. You know, you show you show it over time, mm-hmm. and that's what you might be seeing with them because you you seem they're they're kind of being patient with their storytelling. So, you know, I think it's okay that he doesn't you know morph into that super villainous role overnight. Like, you know, give him time, let his actions speak for themselves. You know, he might be that character that, that that's. That's uh, I'm losing my words right now. This, this uh, you you calm over there. You smooth and I, calm right I now. I did say <laughs> we're, let's see where he's at in 30 minutes. He's got two minutes and 20 seconds to get to 30 minutes. He's already gone. Yeah. What's that? Uh, he turned on that sexy voice. But, but yeah, 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 he's calm. He's I'm smooth. Just, uh, I mean, what we gotta look at and just uh, see <laughs> hey, he's drinking, feeling pretty good right now. It's like real pineapples <laughs> just coming. 
And see, here's the thing. Pineapple. I actually had the word I was looking for, and then Matt and came he lost with the joke, and My I bad. lost the word again. All right, get um, it back, get it back. Delusional. Get it back. He's delusional, <laughs> right? He's delusional. He's the hero in his own mind. Like, Riker, he's gonna, over time going to do more villainous things, right? He's going to keep trying to justify it to himself that, hey, look, I'm not doing anything that I shouldn't be doing, like, right? But the things that he does is are, are opposite of what he, his, his thoughts. So I think that's where we're, we're going to go with him. But I think it's very interesting. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about the pace of the show because I thought the pace of the show this week was much better than last week. Whereas when last week we had, you know, a lot of long matches with people that they're they're trying to establish, right? Like mm-hmm. Piper, you know, Piper, you know, Zaya Lee, they had a long match with Indy. Um, they had a lot of people they're trying to kind of get over. And I think this week they had those same individuals on the show, but they kind of intertwined them with more over talent this week. What do you guys think about the actual pacing of the show versus last week? Compared to last week, I think it's about the same. I think, though, as far as the matchups were a tiny bit different because you had Zaya against Becky this week. Um, so that kind of furthered that story. And I loved her, her video package that she had. Um, also, we had the tags. First off, we had both tag sides um, develop into their story. And I wanted to get to this because I think it's amazing to have Chelsea on commentary. So this year, who do we say we wanted? Mox? Who else was the other person? Um, KO. Mm-hmm. And now we have Chelsea. You're going like, to add Chelsea how, to it? Yeah, she's going to add Chelsea to commentators. But first off, she calls him Matthew. <laughs> Matthew Cole. And then calls uh, Wade Mr. Barry. So I'm like, <laughs> this girl is hilarious. But I actually thought I liked this show. Maybe the pacing actually was a little bit faster than last week. But I also thought they had a little bit um, different people, more that I cared about together going against each other. Yeah, I think this show was better than any Raw show has been in like probably a month, which it should be. This is their go-home show right? for a major pay-per-view. But not outside of that, and I thought the same thing, and I was like, well, maybe the pacing is different because I'm able to fast-forward through commercials. Ooh, But now, now that you said that, then maybe not. Maybe the show was just better. And we have to shout out, we shout out AEW doing our full gear review show around what they did with the women's matches. Got to shout out WWE for what they did with the women also. It was a ton of women representation on Raw, and I think they all nailed it. This may be Hyper Bowl. Hyper Bowl. Outside of damage control, and Radiz, you brought up Chelsea. Nia Jax may be the best rehire Triple H has had in his tenure over the last year. But, 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 that is, I might agree with that. But the run of Naya before she left, you kind of looking at what she was compared to. So when she came back, my expectations for her was nowhere near being high because I remember how I felt about her before she left. So mm-hmm. you're right. Her coming back, she is in, she's impressing me. But where, where was her bar at? Her bar was probably low on, if I'm being honest, of her return. I'm just going off of, and you're right on that, but I'm going off of whenever she is on camera, mm-hmm. she's owned it. Every single, if it's a promo, she's owned it. If it's a match, she owned it. Her and Raquel smoked their match they had. Like, and we've talked about Raquel needing some character development. I thought she was good in it. I mean, just overall, I, I thought they did a fantastic job on Raw with the women. And then you look at the Fatal 4-Way tag match, even though, love Natty, friend of 
our ex account friend of the show. But out of all out of all the teams, that was the one I really didn't want to see win. Aww. And actually, it's not because of Natty. Yeah, Tegan. It's because of Tegan Knox. I'm <sighs> not high on Tegan Knox right now at all. Damn, Tegan. Yeah. And I haven't been since she's been back. But this is a reset for her then, maybe. I know, but if you look but at... You, you didn't like the, re- the matching gear or anything? Uh, the matching gear was cool. And I even yeah. like them, like, I like their interactions, like, even backstage, where Tegan was getting, you know, hype, and then Natty just kept smacking her hand down. You know, like, that, <laughs> that was fun. But if you looked at all the other teams, I was like, I'd rather much see them get a tag title shot than Natty and Tegan. But we'll see, you know, how it plays out. Um, but no, and no, then I like Renee Dupree, and Becky. man. Sagan, that's what I say her name right. <laughs> Renee, what's her name? Dupree, what's her name? Her first name, Maxine. Maxine, you said Renee. Isn't Renee <laughs> Dupree? Wasn't that uh, the old that was a guy? Yeah, that yeah. was like the old he was a part of a tag team, yeah, he's Renee part of a tag team yes. with uh, Rob yeah. Conway. Who's Rob Conway? Part of the that law, law resistance. Law resistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. 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 I um, like her. She's she's she has a lot of personality in her. She's ring another too. one. Her, her wrestling is getting a lot better as well. Who? Which like, one? This is this is Maxine. Oh, Renee. Maxine. Oh, Maxine. I said Renee. Lord. <laughs> am I am I am I drinking over here? Damn. Passing it. I'm passing the feeling to y'all. And she's but like, yeah, shh. Be... So they funny. had what like six women segments on the show. And, and, come on, y'all gotta give props. Y'all gotta give props, at least to me. When we had a Zoe, I keep on saying Tony, when we had Zoe inside of the Judgment Day um, clubhouse mm-hmm. with Shayna, and you had that Rhea, and Rhea's like, actually, I kind of respect you a little bit for that. But, you know, I thought that interaction was awesome. When I was listening to it, because I wasn't completely watching the entire time, I did rewind it back. Zoe sounded like she belonged. She really, really did. So I know y'all said you want a little bit more to find out who she is as a character. Y'all would have to at least agree that that, that actual interaction was amazing, right? Boo! No, tomato, no. tomato, boo! Yeah. No, I, I thought it was screen. good. But it Off was good screen. last week. Remember I said last week that her backstage segment, she was much more comfortable than the promo she cut in the ring. Yeah, so, no, you're I right. Still, I remember you said yeah, that. Yeah, they, 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 I still, they I, I still don't know who she is, and I don't want her on my TV screen right now. Wow. I'll try to figure it out. So you didn't like it that interaction? Yeah, it's basic. Damn. Well, that interaction to me was more about Shayna and Rhea. It was Shayna too. Then it, it was, was Zoe. yeah, it was Shay- Shayna too and Rhea. But which... Zoe had talked more. That's the reason why I meant. That's right. And, and they had the match. Tomato, tomato. Mm-mm-mm. Um, and then we got to shout out Zia Lee and Becky. Becky gave Zaya a fantastic match. Zaya did her part too, but that was a strong match. I mean, mm-hmm. Wade went a little far talking about a WrestleMania match. All right, Wade, pipe down. He did. Mr. Barry, I get it, it. I love it. I get it. I love that. I, I appreciate yeah. you. Sell it. But uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was a little much. But yeah, the women smoked it. The women absolutely smoked it. Uh, what'd you guys think of the Miz Gunther segment? Was it enough to get you more excited for the match on Saturday? No, because I don't think Miz is going to win outside of this new push of him being a face. I just don't think he's going to win. It, but they look good in the ring, beating each other up in expensive outfits. I'll tell you that much. Man, Miz does such a great job. I still just don't give a damn. Don't give not no dams, man. So it made me want to watch the match more. And I think it did a great job for getting... You know, the fans that don't take wrestling as serious as we do. 
Okay. Uh, something to really gravitate to. I thought they did a really good job of Gunther painting Miz as a normal, quote unquote, loser, like the fans in the crowd and, and that's watching. Okay, now that gives more positive heat to Miz. I thought that, um, I thought it was a really good segment. We know Miz isn't beating them. So no matter what they did, that would have been the feeling. But at least now you got something for the, the fans to kind of gravitate to in the match. So I, I not, thought it not, was not this well one. Done. Not this one. <laughs> Miz is getting his ass whooped, and this is that's gonna be it. But I was actually impressed with Gunther, though. I think that on the microphone, yes, he's you see how he reacted. Yeah, he's getting better and better on the microphone mm-hmm. overall. What was that, it that he said that he? It was the, like the, an improv. The USA line. Yeah, the USA that was line. awesome. He USA. He's like, that's the best y'all can do. Is like what the three <laughs> three I letters? It was great. I mean, yeah. awesome. His his yeah. microphone skills is catching up to his his ring work, and that's mm-hmm. that's beautiful. That's beautiful to see. You see, he said this week in the interview that uh, like Brock is like the end game for him mm. to test himself. Like he, they got, he has to have that match. I, of course, now we're looking at Mania. You know, yeah, they could do that maybe at Royal Rumble, but uh, I would love for I don't know if I want him to be IC champion until April. That's a long time, but I would love for him to like run through everybody at, at this point. If they're not giving me Chad Gable, it looks like anytime soon. That's what I wanted at Survivor Series. But have him run through everybody and then him just say, I've beaten everybody. Like, there's nothing else for me to do. And then hit Brock's music. And I think that would be incredible. Hey, you know, I'm never going to, I don't want to talk about, you know, people and their size. Um, but I was listening to Mark Henry talk about Swerve. And Mark Henry was telling Swerve, you know, when he first got into the company, like, yo, you need to pick up some size, man. I think he's like 195 or something like that when he got into AEW. And okay. Suarez put on a legit like 15 pounds of muscle. And it's obvious, right? You can see it. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, you know, now Swerve, he has that menacing grimace on his face. Now his body looks menacing. He looks formidable. Like, right? And Guthner, you know, I'm not like, like I'm, I'm sure he's probably healthier. But I think he needs to put on maybe about a good 10 pounds of muscle before he can get inside the ring with Brock. They wrestle a similar style, but there's a big size difference when they were stand next to each other right now, right? Because you know, Gunther's almost kind of like a he's kind of thin. So I mean, you're, not a, you're not a fan of was it Slim Gunther? Fit, fit Gunther Fat Walter? Man. Fat Walter. No, I, no, I, I, prefer, I prefer Thin Walter over Fat Gunther. I just think that he should pick up... <laughs> I like that one, Thin Walter. Give me that. Yeah, I think he should pick up uh, maybe 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, he can, I mean, look, these guys, they don't have, you know, 12-hour jobs like we got, like, right? Like, this is their job, like, right? Like, to, to take care of them body, to eat well, and getting to the gym, doing those different things. I mean, you know, look, put on another 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, what else you got to do with, with That's time, a lot man? to ask for, though, when you lean out as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if he was just, like, normally skinny, okay, maybe you could say that. Like, every, ever since Swerve has been in the business, I've always seen him pretty thin. So him putting on the muscle, because putting on muscle is hard anyway, but now you're asking Gunther. And I know, I know what you're saying, but I think he's okay where he's at because he still wrestles really big mm-hmm. right and that's one of my issues that i kind of have with becky is she has this huge bravado she's the man but she's probably like 120 pounds soaking wet yeah you she's know just fine. Just and it's fine. like I, you know i i shoot her bail because i'm hoping everything was okay after the kid because she got really really thin after the kid and we just know how that can you know mess with your hormones and things of that nature 
But that, like, even that, like, I'm just like, all right, you're supposed to be this, like, this badass, but, like, you're super, super skinny. I don't think Gunther's at that point. Um, but, I, I mean, I can see what you're saying. If he stood next to, to Brock, Brock, but he wrestles yeah. really big. You know, he wrestles he really, really big. Uh, but you could see the size difference with uh, Gunther and Drew at SummerSlam. And that mm-hmm. would be something similar to what we would see with Gunther and Brock. But, but Brock's even, even bigger, right? Brock is even bigger. And, like, the one thing about Drew, he's a big guy, but he wrestles small, right? Because they're kind of the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. Gunther is smaller, but wrestles big. Like, whereas Drew is a big guy, but wrestles small. Like, Brock is a big guy, and he wrestles like a big guy. Mm-hmm. Like, right? So now you compare a big guy entering with another big guy working the same style. Like right when Brock's like twice the size, and you know, going to the thing is like, but look, the thing about the WWE, not only their production, man, they gotta have like the performance center probably has like the best trainers, nutritionists, food catering, etc. That can help someone build the body. I don't know why that come, if they don't, I don't know what they're not doing to invest in, invest into making sure their talent is well trained, well fed. And real educated on how to train the bodies because, like, their investment of their body is helping their company. So, if they're not helping invest into that, their actual talent to make sure they're eating well and training well, then that's a miss. So, are you saying that you don't think they're helping their talent? I would assume they have somebody. I mean, I would say at the performance center, right? They got, they got trainers there, right? Like, they got somebody there who's like, hey, you know, I want to get, like, for instance, like um, Malachi Black, you know, when he first got into NXT. You know, he had a you know a little a little tummy, like right. But you look at him now, like towards the end of his run of NXT, and we got into the main roster. And look at him now; he's really, really, um, like 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 muscular. Like I don't say lean, um, but he's really, really tight. Like right, and I would assume he maybe picked some of that up from the performance center trainers. But what do I know? I'm just, a, I'm a skinny fat guy drinking a martini. I don't know what's going on. Before we leave the Imperium, so first off, Vinci's going in business for himself. And now he's the new leader of the two of them between Vinci and Ludwig. What do y'all think if we fast forward two months from now, where do you, maybe that might be too long. One month from now, where do you see this going? Well, I this think they've I already, about, really. they, they've mm-hmm. already put like a, there, there was a video package that I don't know if Ludwig made it himself. And that was the thing, but he had like a whole video package about him. Right. He has his own gear, his own logos. I'm like he. It seemed like he's step about to step out. I don't know what that means for the actual Imperium as a team, but it seemed like he's destined to kind of be a solo guy. And and that's where he needs to be. I think his I think personality so is enough to where he can be a solo act. And as much as I like Gunther with Imperium, I don't think he's going to need them much in the future. So he can be a solo act. I'm a little worried about Giovanni. Yeah. And they'll have to probably you know put him with somebody or do something that really showcases personality but yeah i kind of i don't care to be honest like mm. i want them all to do well but like i'm not i'm not invested in like oh man i wonder like how something's going to go down this week I'm, i don't care i kind of am i'm kind of like that kind of like hey i wonder where this is going i really am ludwig's a handsome man he is fine he's european is what he called himself handsome, huh? he's talking about gunther being tight that damn margarita really got you. <laughs> 40, 42 minutes in. He's, he's, getting, he's getting it in. Um, what else? Is there anything for all? Are we about to go to looking at um, Survivor Series this Saturday? I think that's all I can remember about Raw that I would want to bring up because, again, it leads us right into Survivor Series. It's going to be here 
in the shy town and i had this epiphany today and mad as my witness i'm at work i'm like oh shit survivor series is this weekend and i'm going to survivor series so i just wanted to be known it is not lost on me that i am blessed beyond belief being able to go to so many different shows and i'm like wow we about to sit up here and we about to see the return of randy orton who i didn't know that at that moment because i watched her all today um but overall i was like yo we're about to see war games so i was like yeah all right so we'll start and and i do too i think with these two matches in particular like both war games matches this is all about story like we're, we're gonna see violence because it it's a war games match so it has to be violent mm-hmm. but like if you compare like just take like swerve and hangman from full gear that was the story but then the match was about the violence and we enjoyed it. I talked about how it was like beautiful violence, work of art. To me, like these two cage matches, though, I don't even care about the matches per se. I'm, I, I want to get to the story. I want to get to does Bailey make it out of damage control in that match? I want to get to what does Orton do? What does Jay do? Like that's for me, that is what I care about. And I think that that's fantastic that the two, you know, biggest uh dangerous matches in wwe that they're doing for one pay-per-view both matches have such incredible stories is that that's what like i kind of care about so i don't know if that's a good thing or not i don't know if that means that i'm underselling the violent nature of what we should be getting but for me that's what i'm most excited about it's just like all right at the end of the women's match what am i going to see at the end of the men's match what am i going to see I think that's a good thing because just to that point about what we saw with Hangman and Swerve, we were already emotionally invested into these stories. And you know what comes with war games. You already know. Kind of like the death match. You know what comes with the death match. So I just think that it's going to already just be like a win-win-win all the way around. Um, do you want to dissect and, it? And if Cody does not blade, I don't care what Triple H says. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what WWE says. He's Teflon. He's a made man. He can get away with it. If he does not walk out of that cage bloody in a match that his father made that always was bloody, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose a little bit of respect for Cody. I already lost a little respect for him. He did that TikTok with, with Nia Jax. And all y'all. Oh my God. And that rhythm. About, all y'all he's half black. About, he's, he's half black. He's man. half black. And he puts on for the culture. My man ain't got a piece of rhythm <laughs> in him. At all. Hey, so I, if, if I, got two, combined, I got two things. These these young black brothers ain't got rhythm like they used to, man. That's, that's true, too. You know that's what I'm saying? True like, too. That's, just, that's true, too. Hey, that's, that's not taught no more, man. Especially with the music <laughs> you listen to. They can't get rhythm like that like that no more. And I, you were talking about emotional investment. I'm also emotionally invest, invested in knowing if Bailey got BBL. Because... <laughs> Dude. You know what I'm saying? Because like she got... You know what I'm saying? She, she real round in a lot of places. You know what I'm talking about? Bailey... You know, is that badass auntie? I told Radisha last week. I think we were watching SmackDown, and I was like, Bailey's the. She is now into that territory where, like, you go I'll over your friend's that. house and your auntie is there, and you just like, dude, that's your auntie. Man, she is bad. She's she's in the auntie category now. She's an elf. Elf. Okay, let's not <laughs> auntie, do that. I love the fuck. <laughs> Don't ever make that face again, please. <laughs> now respect my mind. Um, let's get to Survivor Series, man. Because E is leaning, you doing something, and like we we still E has got to come back and after this and tell us he made a comment on the last pod 
And uh, I had a real good conversation with my guy, Bush. Shout out to Bush, man. He sent me a text and he was just like, hey, like, I agree with E about this Osprey thing. It was just another signing. Guy, I'm going from part-time to full-time. So I want him to kind of talk through that. And then he also made another comment about Adam Copeland saying, like, he don't think it's working in AEW. So let's get through the Survivor Series preview. And then I want to ask nice about those tease for the rest of the show uh, so let's just do war games first because we're already here um you know the drill your excitement level and who do you think is going to win so for the men's war game again it's who you think we did who do we want for uh you sure full gear yeah okay who do you want to win so it's your excitement level who do you want to win um so on the men's side do i need to go over the i'll go over the name so right now we have announced cody rhodes Sami Zayn. Jey Uso, Seth Rollins, and we're assuming Randy Orton versus the Judgment Day. I, of I just ba- said they made it official. Don't assume. I said breaking. Okay, Randy you're Orton right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. In war these, games. these notes was before you told me that. Okay, and so then versus fix your notes, <laughs> man. <laughs> versus the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, JD, Damian Priest, and Drew McIntyre. Your excitement level. Who you want to win? I'm excited, y'all. I'm so excited. You sound like it. I'm Look like, at him. Like the, the levels so of my excited. assignment can't. The level Half of my assignment can't be. Half his face is out of the be, camera right now. He's leaning so hard. Look, the level of my excitement can't be enumerated. That just created a word. Wow. That sounds good. You that sure sound did. Cool, Whoa. That, sound, that was strong. You made a word up earlier in the show. He did strong. make one up earlier. I'll let, yeah, that, I'll, I'll let that slide. I was like, all right, I'm going to let that slide a little bit. But enumerated is actually pretty good. <laughs> enumerated is good. All right, so his 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 number is enumerated. He all enumerated, enumerated, and who's gonna win? Who do you want to win? I'm going Judgment Day. I'm I'm going with Narani turning on Cody, costing them the match. A bloody Cody, right? That'd be sad to see, go. right? Because because no, Cody has that uh that platinum blonde hair, mm-hmm. right? Like, like these black men with these, with these platinum blonde hair, like Cisco. I mean, that's something. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because like, we ain't seen another black man with the platinum blonde hair since Cisco. So, Cody, <laughs> shouts out to you. But just to see the blood dripping in that hair, there'll be a sight to see. Then what? Then uh, getting an RKO with the blood and the, and On the his blonde shoulder hair right there. Uh, all yeah. over the place. That'd be, that'd be something to see. That'd be something to see, y'all. Matt, excitement I'm going to yeah, go 10. Um, I don't want Orton turning at Survivor Series. I think that would be a little too fast. We got TV. We need to write. Uh, it is fast. I'm even okay. It is I'm fast. even okay with him turning on Monday. Like, mm-hmm. leaving him land, right? Because um, that would just be too quick. Like, why Why did you turn during War Games already? Unless Orton's going to have a promo and is going to say the reason why is this, then okay. But, um, like, if so what I want to happen, I want something significant to happen with the Judgment Day. I don't think they're going to lose the titles on Friday, but they are going against the Street Profits. I would love the Profits to get the belts. Mm. And I just want something like significant to happen with the Judgment Day. So if this is about Randy Orton, you got to have the faces go over. So that, that, that is what I would want to see. My excitement um, level is somewhere between a 10 and enumerated. And then I want to come out of it. I like the respect. whole thing. <laughs> he said respect. I kind of like 
maybe Judgment Day winning on the Accord of Orton. I'm okay with Orton turning um, on the first time we see him because, again, to me, Orton's a natural heel deep down inside of me. That's when I see him, he's a heel. If he's over there kissing babies and shaking hands, I know deep down inside he's about to RKO that little kid. So I do, I do, and I, I put this on X um, earlier this week. We do know this entire thing is leading up to Randy RKOing Rhea. That's, That'd be wonderful. No other guy has touched her. And mm-hmm. I even said months and months yep. ago, like, man, that. Orton needs to hurry and come back and RKO Rhea. Yep. I don't know if we get that. Maybe we get that moment because I that that would be a moment. Okay, I could take that. That would then. be a moment. Um, but then she would have to get in the cage, et cetera, et cetera. Which but, um, I could see her doing that. But yeah, so I, you know, I would love to see that. And then you still got the Drew factor. Like, hey, I'm not down with Judgment Day. There was a lot of, you know, on Raw the friction of you, know, you better win. He won and all that kind of thing. That's they've got so many different storylines and so mm-hmm. many different ways they can go with this story. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about. Cool. All right. So moving on to the women's war games, uh, we have Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch coming from Raw versus Damage Control. Then Volume Two with Bailey, Kyrie, Auska, and Io Sky. Again, your excitement level and who do you want to win? Super excited again. Enumerated. Um, I think I want to see, you know, I like the, the damage control story is very intriguing because it seems like Bailey's on the way out, but she hasn't become a sympathetic character yet. So when she gets kicked out, like what's, what's there to cheer about? Oh, like, I got what? it. Is I got it. it. That part. No. What you got? I figured this out on, on Friday. So, we can't have both. Like, both War Games matches aren't going to finish with, like, the team turning on each other. Yeah. So we got to pick, all right, because... Why not? I'm, because that just, that, like, you can't, you don't want to tell both of those same stories on the same night. So give me Bailey getting stomped out by damage control. And how poetic is it that she's going up against two out of the four members of the Four Horsemen? Becky's in that match and Shara's in that match. They leave Bailey land. And Becky and Charlotte go to reach for her hand to pick her up. And we get that moment where they're standing tall at the end of it. Oh, boy. If I could get goosebumps, there would be the goosebumps. So okay, that's how you get the But who won? You get the call. I love that. That would, be, that would be interesting if Becky and Charlotte didn't hate each other. <laughs> like, like, you think they're professional enough to work in a storyline pretend like they're actually friends? I do because they, they look good Friday. And Charlotte was, had was, a little smile it, it on her funny. face. She did, well, which which was cool to see. Well, actually, I was looking at them. Right, they they never stood next to each other at any point in the match. You know, you remember like Ortiz and Santana. Like when they well, no, the they were on other? opposite sides of the ring, sir. <laughs> that ain't the same. <laughs> that ain't the same. It was damn near close, man. It was damn near close. So yeah, so that's how I think you immediately get Bailey cheered. So, but okay, so then from Charlotte and, and Becky, who wins then? Oh, give me damage control. This ain't Got the time it. to beat damage control. Got it. Okay. Got that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna like. I don't think this is the time that they would turn on her. I think it's coming, but I don't think this will be the time to turn on because they haven't built up enough sympathy for Bailey yet. Or really even told a story. Like you know, towards that. So I think that we see um damage control. Shotsky. Uh, Shotsky's eating the shit out of her. <laughs> She's only in that match to eat the pin. Mm. Yeah. 
Poor baby. That's my girl, but yeah. you just look and like it's like, man, one of these pieces don't belong. Mm-hmm. Look at everybody else in that match. And it's like she is sticking out like a sore thumb. Um, so she's there, yep, to eat it. My excitement is enumerated on this one. I'm super, super hype on this one. Um, so I'm gonna switch real quick. On war games, I want the good guys to win. Um, on the women war games, I want damage control to win. Yep, it's not time to beat them yet. Unless somehow Bailey was the one that cost them, and then they leave her laying the week after. But I just I want that moment in the cage. I think that would be a cool moment. Mm-hmm. And then like Sasha Banks' music hits, and then you'd be finally right about her come back to WWE. Just think, we could have Randy Orton, Sasha Banks, and CM Punk oh, all coming back. That. In, okay, sorry. All right. What's um. Next? So okay, so we'll just leave with this one because I don't think anybody cares about this one. We have Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Excitement level, and who do you want to win? Anti-numerated. <laughs> like Santos. it. Ditto. Yeah, I'm about a, I'm about a, about a four. And uh, you can't beat Santos already. I'm definitely taking the shit during this match. I'm not anti-numerated. Enumerated, I don't know if this is the real right fake word we're making yeah, up here. Man. I am a little it ain't tiny that bad. I'm watch. <laughs> I, I'm a little interested to see how Carlito goes. With, no, with if Santos. I got a pool, I'm, so I'm holding it for this match. And this is gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be okay work match it's gonna be good. Um, I want to see Carlito go though for like if they're gonna do thirteen seventeen minutes. Santos, does he get help from somebody? Mm. He's turned on everybody in the LWO. Like theoretically, Carlito should beat the brakes off of him. Mm -hmm. And I, but I don't, I don't see that happening. So that's another one I wish I had to see. Hey, what do you think Carlito's putting in his uh, hair to get that damn nappy? Nothing. He's Puerto Rican. Nappy. You think it's they just have, naturally course that hair. damn nappy? It's not nappy. He... It's first off, we're not gonna call it nappy. It's coarse. No, that shit's nappy. It's, it's like yeah, like he got to put like some spray or something. I ain't never seen nothing like that before. Like that thing look nasty. Spray, ready? Yeah, that? Got, is that like some nap spray. I don't know. You know I've saying? never, I've never yeah. had nap spray, so I don't know what that means. I, hey, go back to the go brush. back to the seventies. <laughs> Like, them brothers, man, them afros was immaculate, right? Like, you know, we seen some nice-looking afros and that, but Carlitos ain't it. it ain't I don't it. think he picks it probably as much as he. He's yeah. too busy eating apples. Mm. And on. as E tell it, in women, right? Mid-stroke, Go through and miss, so. Go through and um, miss. Hold on. This is my segment, okay? Yeah, no. Come on. Come on. Okay, so <laughs> now he, I going. would say this. So if Miz wins He's struggling this, right now. If Miz wins this, he will now tie for the record of the most IC wins for the championship um, belt. We did so. we did tell E to have his margarita right before we mm-hmm. pressed record. E was mm-hmm. like, oh, man. Yeah, today is like the biggest like drinking day. I should get a margarita. I was like, man, go do it. He's like, nah, I'm going to like falling asleep on the pod. I was like, nah, man, like rock it out. So you're you. doing good, man. Just just hang on. We only okay. need you for like another so, 15 minutes. Miz and Guta. Miz and Guta, excitement level. Who you think is going? Who do you want to win? Number three. Gunther's winning. He's whooping that ass. I don't, this is uh, this like this is gonna be one of Matt's great. Show. This is this this is why I thought it was so funny when he was complaining about it. Like this is what wrestling is. This is all about great showings. That's all this match is. That's what this match is, is built on. Oh. It's built on uh. Miz having a great showing, so if the fans continue to respect him and his ring work. He's gonna take Gunther to the limits, right? Almost, we might even see a, a Gunther. Like, side, uh, show of respect at the end of the match, right? 
And then so. Miz gets <laughs> off the floor and, and all of a sudden, you know, slowly looks around and everybody there claps. There it is. Like, oh, Matt, yeah, yeah Miz, you, you did it. What a great showing, right? That's what no, this is. But great showings are okay if you're already a made person. I don't want great showings when you have no momentum and they you don't have a plan for you. Like, that's that's where I hate the great showing. So, like, well, Zaya had a great showing on Raw. Um, yes, but she, she's also, but yeah, I haven't watched NXT yet. She, she, she getting her ass with tonight, too. She's gonna get ass with tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, at a so five for this, I'm at a okay. five for this, and uh, Gunther. I'm gonna say seven because Gunther's gonna make it quick, and it's Gunther. Um, next, so and I guess that's it. Yeah, okay, so mm. we got next, okay. we have um. The Women's World Championship match. We have Zoe Stark. I must put an S on her last name versus Rhea Ripley. Excitement level. And who do you want to win? I'm hoping for a Rhea Ripley uh, squash match. Like, you know what I'm saying? Give me that. Um, who she squashed real quick? Was it? Was it? Uh, Natty. It was Natty. Was it, yeah. Give me that. Give me that real quick. Well, you know, Zoe actually is a, is, a, is a much better wrestler than she is a talker. So I'm sure it's going to be a good match, but I'm just not invested in the character. I know she's losing. There's no way in hell that she's going to be Ripley. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean th- this show outside the war game. I mean this is a that's what it, it should be. It's yeah, almost skippable, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the other matches don't have much on it in regards to, and then they can throw a shocker out. I don't think they will. But to your point, yeah, Rhea's winning. I wouldn't want Zoe to win, but I am excited for the match just to see Zoe in a big spot. This is a big spot. Mm-hmm. For her, mm-hmm. so I'm probably at about like a, a seven and a half, eight in terms of excitement level, just to see how the matches work. Um, I'm gonna put my this at about an eight and a half, and I actually want the opposite. I want this to be a kind of long match. I want to see how the two of them oh, no. go and dance for for a while. Oh no, no need for a squash. But if you take the stare down with, with any face value, Shayna and Rhea's next mm-hmm. after this. Are you so. excited for that one? I really like Shayna. So let me reserve judgment. Because, because at the end of the day, we, we know what should be the end goal for Rhea at Mania is going to be Becky. That's another one that they've been waiting for. So anything that she does between now and then, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody that is on Raw right now that I would say, man, you know what I really want to see Rhea go up against? And I think like I would be thoroughly excited about is this person. I don't think they have anybody. Hey, you know what? I would be more interested in seeing Maxine Dupree wrestling. No, you wouldn't. As an underdog. Get out of here. I sure the hell You're would. a lying to cheat. You know why? Um, it'll, be a, it'll be an underdog story. Second hot take, since that was a hot take there. Second hot take. I'm not looking forward to Becky and Rhea. What? Flat out. Period. Uh, period uh. But you also are a Becky hater. And you've been a not Becky a Becky hater. hater, but no, 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 not a Becky kinda, hater. But this I, is I that I kind of support your Becky hater sometimes, but she's been doing some fantastic work. Since she absolutely has Trish, been doing Trish some fantastic work, sideline. but I cannot, I cannot have us talking about Rhea possibly being in matches with dudes, getting RKOs by Randy, or I guess Randy Orton get RKO by anybody or RKO anyone. I can't sit up here and say that you up here about the fight dudes. We even said that she sized up to Drew last episode. Like, I can't see that in there, her going against Becky and then me being believable in that match. Because to me, Rhea should run through Becky, even though Becky is an incredible wrestler. To me, it's not believable. It's just not. The old adage, ain't a size of fighting a dog is a size of dog in the fight. <laughs> hey, but let's be clear. Like, 
Randy Orton will whoop Rhea Whippley's ass. He Drew would. Will whoop her ass. He so would. All the, the dude, all the dudes she was pushing up on, like, will legit they will whoop her ass, whoop her ass if, if 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 that was an oppor- if that was an opportunity. Um. So let's, you know, it's. I get what you're saying, but you know, yeah, apples or oranges. That's it, right? Isn't that it for the card? That's it. So was that five matches or six? That is five. We have the two five war games the and three five with the CM matches. Punk surprise appearance. Oh, come on. No, no. Let's move on to the next topic. You said Eshan has some they stuff. They're going to shoot to me. I'm going to be crying like my man was in AEW. <laughs> if if I hear that code of personality music hit. That camera going to find me. I'm going to be falling. <laughs> I'm going to get a beer at that time. <laughs> I go get a beer. All right, E. So uh, bring the fire, man. You you made a comment about Osprey. I want to follow up on that because we didn't have a, a chance to really kind of follow up on it on Sunday. So you on Sunday, we talked about uh, the signing, and you basically, all intents and purposes, said it wasn't a big signing. You have a guy who was basically part time in your company. Now he's full time. Not a big deal. Um, just kind of talk about that. Why do you feel that way? And do you still feel that way now, a few days after uh, the podcast? Absolutely. I felt that way. We talked about it you know, previously. It's just, this signing is much like uh, Jay White's re signing or signing with AEW. Um, I think from a wrestling perspective, like number one, Will Ospreay is a great talent. Like, right. Happy. Anybody should want him. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a good signing from that standpoint for AEW. If you have, if you're a Tony Khan, AEW, you have opportunity to sign Will Ospreay to a full, you know, a, a full-time contract for multi-years, you're going to, you, you do it. Um, that's a great move for that company. Um, but I think that from a, a AEW standpoint, even from a fan standpoint, um, it's not a major signing because he's, we know he just was at the Wembley event. We just saw him. Um, he he's already in a working storyline with Don Callis, so he's already part of the actual like machine, the AW machine. We've seen him countless times on countless pay per views. Okay. Um, he's been a fixture for years within that company. So outside of seeing more of him from a buy rate perspective. Uh, I think from a fan engagement perspective, because like, there's not going to be any fans that are going to tune in to see AEW. Oh shit! A, you know, Will Ospreay this time full time. Let me go watch that show. Like, no, those the people who are Will Ospreay's fans are already watching the show, so they're not going to gain any more viewership. Um, it's not. It's not something that I think is going to shake the foundation of the company. Um, this isn't like a CM Punk or an Edge signing, and in some ways, I don't think Tony Khan really even kind of laid the groundwork for it to be that. Um, but. You know, I don't. I don't, don't want to say underwhelming is, is if I said that. That's not what I meant. It's just not a. It's not a big signing like a, you know, like a Mercedes would be, or like an Edge was, or a CM Punk was. It's a. It was a. It's a nice move for the company. And that's it. Okay. So all right. So then let's stay there with the Mercedes, and we know she's coming sooner rather than later. Outside of Mercedes, though, who is that big signing? Because and I know you remember the tweet, but the tweet just said AEW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro who is known plus respected by virtually every AEW fan. They'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday. So, and I'm not putting words in your mouth. He didn't say massive announcement. Hell, that announcement is much better than him telling us tickets are going on Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. Right, like we should have flipped those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of Mercedes, which what you just kind of broke down, there is nobody out there like that that can shift because it's not talent. Like AEW's issue is not talent. When I was talking to Bush uh, a couple of days ago, I said I think arguably you could argue AEW has a 
more talented roster than WWE. You could argue that. It's not talent. It's how they're booked. It's how they're presented. So I don't think there's anybody out there outside of Mercedes that we would feel like, oh, okay, all right, here we go. Um, I just think it was, it was a big signing because now we get to have Will on weekly TV and we're going to be able to see him consistently. So like to your point about him being part-time, yeah, he was, you know, all right, I think he's wrestled, I think three or four matches maybe in AW in 2023. You know, now you'll be able to times that by, you know, 10 or whatever it's going to be, 10, 12 going forward. And we can see him in stories. We can see him really elevate other wrestlers he's in the you know the ring with that's why i think it, it's a big deal um and i we know we wanted him now do i think there was ever a shot of them getting him no you know even it was funny because matt had asked me you know do you think do i think osprey is signed WWE? i'm like no just because he gets to still live in uk and during the scrum what do he say that was like one of the big things like i don't have to move my family it's like so i don't i don't know if he ever really I'm sure they had talks, right? Or him and his agent had talks with WWE. But I don't think, I think probably going into it, it was like 98% AEW, 2% WWE, you know? But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, these are like, would you put this under, so would you put this under as a big signing? Absolutely. And I was very disappointed and, and sad that he didn't sign the WWE. I wanted him to be a worldwide name. And he would have gotten that from the machine in WWE. However, on the flip side, boy knows wide open. Like you said, in the scrum, he's able to stay home. His, his lady be near her family. And we talk about it all the time. What is our, what do we want out of life? Everything isn't about money or fame. You know, it's the other things that matter. So for him, I'm very happy that he was able to have leverage and sign where he wanted to sign. And he made the best decision that is for him and his family. But I'm I'm massively disappointed that he's not going to be in WWE because unfortunately, what we're feeling, I think maybe where some of E's feeling is coming from is we know the possibility of how Will Ospreay may look when he's not booked properly. So you get somebody like a Kenny Omega who is the greatest wrestler on the planet, but anybody who didn't watch him in JPW will be like, are you smoking crack? Yeah, he looks good now that he's come back, but he's a shell of what, what, of what he was once before. Nobody really even knows what he can do. Maybe a couple of matches, but overall, that's just the same thing. So now Will Ospreay is going to go to AEW and now possibly get that same treatment. Maybe they don't know how to book him properly. And then now he becomes like, all right, yeah, you're the, the one of the main guys on the show, but you're not really pulling numbers and you're not moving crowds and all that stuff. So I can see where that's going, where in WWE, it would have been so much different. So long winded yeah, answer, but it's how I feel. No, I, I think you're, you're right. Cause I, I think for me, it's, it's just the adjective. I don't think big encompasses what his signing was. I think honestly, I, I, I feel like Tony Khan, chill out with like all these announcements and things of that nature, but I feel like a lot of them, like the more, every time he does these types of things, I think like the less of the impact because I, I feel like it's every single one of them. I, I feel like the the first couple ones he, he did were big signings, right? We had oh, you know, and, and he didn't use th these words this time, right? He said Edge is going to change the foundation of wrestling, whatever the BS that he said, right? Mm -hmm. I get it. He's a salesperson. We're going to do chapter. all that, right? It's a new chapter, um, mm -hmm. etc. So we're talking about you know Will you know, being a big signing, but it's as Rodisha said, it's all about how he's going to be booked. 
Like, right, because they have a lot of great heavyweight main event caliber uh, wrestlers in that company, and they don't always seem like it, and they aren't always booked like it. I mean, we're talking about, oh, we're going we're gonna to get some first-time efforts. We, we, got, we got dudes in that company right now that's been the company together for four years. We still waiting for first time ever in that, in that company. Like, right. So now we got another one. Like that's, that can give us potentially first time ever. And when, when are they ever going to happen? Where are we going to get a storyline? Because we say, Oh, we can see them extra storylines. Like the storylines, like we get with MJF, these convoluted ones. Cause like, I gotta be honest. It's, it's cool. But as you said, on that pay-per-view, that PLE, pay-per-view, no, that's actually a pay-per-view. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to pay $50 for that. <laughs> like that whole story that they told from the beginning show to the end show was so overbooked right and that's I, we get more of that in that company than we get the hangman and swerve like did you right see, uh did you see the 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 talk that mjf has secretly signed back to AEW? did you see that one uh, I, well we've we've kind of talked about it man he's getting mm. too much like it, it would be crazy for them not like that's another thing. Yeah. Like, like at this point, I'm gonna assume he's already signed because Tony Khan will be like an imbecile to give this man this much power, this much creative, this much TV time. Like the shows run. This man has eight different storylines running all together, and that's what and, they call it, a story thread. And the story is about him not resigning. That's right. also what was kind of like the giveaway. We got a month left. His contract is up January 2nd, he said. But yeah, they're saying that they think he's probably signed to at least 2027. 20, uh, higher ups in WWE said they haven't even had a conversation with him or any of his representation. Oh, so, it's a wrap. Wow. It, yeah. It's a wrap. And we talk about like, you no, know, properly using somebody. And we talk about big, which we talked about was a big sign. We said that if CM Punk left, right, potentially bringing in Adam Copeland. And Mercedes will kind of put a band-aid on that situation. We already mm-hmm. got half of that in Edge. And Edge is already Adam Copeland, the coach. Let's go there. It's already becoming just another guy on that show. Sorry, not sorry. But it just is what it is. We talk about now that was that was qualifies as a big signing for that company, much more than Will Ospreay. And you see what they're doing for him. So you got a guy like Edge, right? Hall of Famer, bona fide main eventer, already another guy on the show. What the hell are they gonna do with Will Ospreay? Oh man, like this one. Mm, where did you give give your thoughts about Adam Copeland being just another guy? Before I get my thoughts, unfortunately, I feel we put just too much pressure on his return. Um, for him, I think he did what was perfect. I think that he can finish off his story book his own creative loosely can be with his best friend can be home and that was a win for him it worked perfect for him when i kind of think back now we almost expected him to be a savior to aw and he's he's not and so i feel like it's a little bit unfair for us to have put so much pressure on him that's that's just kind of like my thinking now being what two months out two months six weeks out mm-hmm. something like that since then yeah so that's just my thing i think we just put too much pressure on him on his return, what it stood for, because again, this was the big WWE person who came over. And that's probably wasn't his goal. His probably his goal probably was just was to sell your royal oats to, to have fun in your in your golden years of wrestling. So my thoughts about that is he, he is in a baked storyline. 
with Christian. So it's not like he came in completely fresh. He came in to try to get back with his best friends and, and be teammates again and brothers and all that kind of stuff. We got to let, if that's the story, we got to let that story tell itself before we can say like, all right, he's just another guy. Now, do I think they've maximized him as much as they can? That, I don't, I don't know because he showed up and it was the October pay-per-view. And then the next pay-per-view that he shows up, the next cycle, he's in a match against his best friend along with Sting. So like, that's a pretty big match. That is a big match. Now, is anybody tuning into AEW right now in this moment just to see Adam Copeland? That's where I can say I probably can see where you're coming from. Maybe, well, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Edge is the he should be the hottest guy in that match, and was he? No, not to me. I but says who? Why should he I be? Not we know me. this is just. Well, I'm saying this, why what, he be? to to Matt. This, the six people in that match to you mm-hmm. was he the hottest person in that match? Well, you said because he should be. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say Sting was because we know Sting is retiring. Like to me, that takes precedent over all of this. Is like, but okay, does so, it? I think the, so. The, the, the guy who's going to the new chapter, the guy that's shaking the foundation of wrestling, is it the hottest person in the match? Like, that ain't some ass booking. I don't know what it is. Okay, so then I would go Sting. And the number two, I probably would say Christian. Mm-hmm. Because Christian's been doing more of a lot of the storytelling more than Adam Copeland has. But I think that's by design, though. Right, right, right. Because if you think about the whole savior, it, I think it was unfair pressure because Edge well, came well, over, well, Adam came over immediately to go after Christian. He didn't come over he for a heavyweight championship. Is what it's he a said. New era. And it, it mm-hmm. was the rated R era. So I think that was also a play on that, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, but but he sorry, didn't, I think he would feel, I think we would feel different if he came for a title shot, for a heavyweight title shot. He came in not going for that number one spot. He came in to, to first join his, his brother and be in a team with him. I think that is a little bit different. So the expectation of us thinking that Edge was going to save everything, he ain't because he's not even trying to be in, a, in the main event picture. When Mercedes come back, I would hope or come, I would hope that she would want to go to the main event picture. And what I will say is I do think if we were to rewind after we did that show after Russell Dream. You can say, hey, it's November 22nd. Is Adam Copeland a bigger deal than what you thought he would be? Or a less deal? Now I can say less deal. Mm -hmm. But that was also after night one, not knowing how he would be utilized. Mm -hmm. So this one for me is like, he is in his own. It's kind of like the way the Codyverse was in AEW. Right, like it was like everything else was happening, and Cody was doing his thing over here, where he seemed completely disconnected from like regular AEW storylines and AEW wrestlers. This is kind of how I feel like about like Adam Copeland. Like, okay, we know the difference is Cody was a star in Cody Burst, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're saying and we, Adam Copeland's not a star? And we we've already said that Sting was more important in that in this view. Uh, Edge was more important than that you Christian, Christian. Uh, Christian, sorry, Christian. And they brought old man Ric Flair back to steer some more shine. I mean, we like so in Edge verse, Edge like the, the fourth fiddle. And he did say uh, it was like a bucket list item for him, so I guess he's happy. 
That's what's so his he, for him. This is a success for him. This mm-hmm. is what he wanted. It was we expected something different. And again, we still don't know what he's doing like in the locker room. So we know that this stuff you have to water your flowers and water your grass for it to grow properly. So it's probably still invaluable having Edge over or having Adam over there um, as being a veteran to AEW in the talent. But what we see as fans of him. It is a bit lackluster, but I think that's just because we expected something different. We just didn't know what it was until what we got now. I just think his book, his book is just a travesty. He's talking about like how Kenny Omega is being underutilized. I think you got one of the, a future Hall of Famer, somebody who's in excellent shape, who still looks good, who still can go. And he's not a focus upon on shows or doing anything that's really driving like viewership. He already is a Hall of something. Famer. He's already a Hall yeah. of Famer. I mean, oh, yeah, I would whatever. still. Yeah, I, you're right. I, it's I, easy. I, I would, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would give him an NA right now. But what I will say is, in that scrum after Russell Dream, he said, I'll be there every week. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like he's being. And I don't want him to see him wrestle every week. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not even saying I want to see him go out there and cut lazy promos every single week. But the way the way Punk meant to collision is something similar to what I thought Adam Copeland would mean to AEW. And as of right now, six, seven weeks in, it doesn't feel that way. And that's our fault, though. We shouldn't have expected that. Hey, but you know what? Like, and you, the first six, the first couple of months tells you where a person's path is going to be. Because he's that he's a, he's he's the brand new toy box and he's, and he's being treated almost like he's like the like the the toys you have in your in your box for about six months now mm. i would love uh your guys thoughts listening hit us up on twitter that's fnw and let us know your thoughts about how adam copeland's been utilized so far and then maybe we can read some on the next episode all right guys we uh we get out of here it is time to go. We got to get ready for Thanksgiving. We got to get ready for Dynamite tonight. We'll be in the building for that. I did, I did end up getting tickets. It was some cheap tickets, too. But it's still really great seats. So I'm excited about that. And then, of course, we are uh, in the building for SmackDown Survivor Series. We'll be back on Sunday to give you guys a full recap of, uh, of course, kind of some live in-person perspective and to talk 30 minutes about CM Punk and what's next for him in WWE. Can we stop with this? Super excited for that. Until then, he's about to get him another drink and I'm about to give me something to eat. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Holla back!